0: Today's uh, event and conversation series uh, is, is dedicated to uh, the cause of uh, Fahed Shah himself, the director of this film, who is currently in jail. Uh, Mr. Shah is an independent journalist from the region of uh, Jammu and Kashmir and has been in prison since, for the last eight months, uh, and is an independent journalist who was the editor of the Kashmiri Wala web service. Uh, So we have just finished watching or screening, Bring Him Back, uh, the film by Fahid Shah, directed by Fahid Shah and produced by Talak Bat from Raw Films. Uh, As I said, you can check out the, find it online and spread it. Uh, It's also important to note that Fahid is currently in jail in in India and has been for the last eight months. The Kashmir Palestine Scholar Solidarity Network uh, calls for release. The next part of this event will entail Dr. Suhad Nashef speaking to the Palestinian dimension of this phenomena, namely the phenomena of withholding bodies and preventing families uh, from from grieving. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to go. Please, uh, Suhad, Dr. Nashef, please take it away.
1: So uh, good afternoon again and thank you very much uh, Tufik Deema for, uh, inviting, um, uh, to Fik and Emma for inviting me for the invitation to reflect, to connect and to discuss a basic human rights issue, or maybe more correct to say human remains um, a rights. I believe that this uh, topic um, did not gain enough attention of uh, researchers in social and political sciences, especially when we talk about colonized and occupied zones such as Kashmir and Palestine. The tendency is mostly to voice the lived, but that did still need um, to be more voiced. Um, and I think that the media, uh, cinema, or journalism did better than academia in this matter, especially in the Arab region where the human remains uh, rights are very much ignored uh, for many reasons that we can elaborate more later on. Now, I'm not going to make analytical uh, and philosophical entries or theorizing um, and withholding uh, dead bodies, uh, but will highlight more uh, some insights, uh, some shared and crossing points between the Kashmir experience as represented in the documentary and uh, the Palestinian experience as uh, I documented in my study during 2016. Now, just to contextualize withholding the Palestinian martyrs dead bodies. Now you can see on my screen that we have uh, on the right side in Arabic, which means we want our children, which which was the title of the campaign of families that they wanted back the bodies of their beloved after they were detained and frozen by the Israeli military forces. Um, Now, historically, um, in, during the late uh, 60s, Israel—slide here—Israel uh, yeah. Israel had buried fallen Palestinians in a undisclosed zones, in which each corpse was designated by a number. Um, these graves, called the Secret Cemeteries number, of Numbers, uh, the reports still about four cemeteries in different zones within Israel's borders, but um, a few reports actually tell about five. Uh, the policy uh, practiced again by Israel later during the last Palestinian Al-Quds or Jerusalem uh, uprising in October 2015. Back then, uh, Israel again began to withhold killed Palestinians' uh, bodies, but this time storing them in refrigerators. Now tens of families experienced the detention and release of the frozen dead body of their relatives. uh, And up until June, 2022, different uh, news resources reported that Israel withholds approximately 100 Palestinian bodies in its uh, refrigerators and approximately 255 remains are still buried in the secret cemeteries of numbers. Uh, In 2008, the Jerusalem Legal and the Human Rights Center or JALAC established what called the national campaign for retrieval of Palestinian and Arab war victims' bodies when the family of Mashhor al-Aruri, uh, these are his mother and father, who was killed during a confrontation with Israeli soldiers in 1976 asked uh, the Jerusalem Center for Legal and Human Rights to help retrieve his body from the cemeteries of Numbers. Now Mashhor's body was released in 2009, and this is his coffin with his picture on it during the burial uh, ritual. So, and, and actually here it was re- re- released in 2009, but the center campaign continued its work with the aim of securing the release of all Palestinian and Arab corpses in the cemeteries of number. And they succeeded in releasing tens of corpses, including the body of uh, Hafez Abu Zant, who was killed with a, a Mashour al-Aruri in the same confrontation. And this is the, a, a, a photo of his father kissing, kissing his, um, uh, remains after he was a uh, back, and also uh, he was um, um, uh, he um, was also um, uh, respected in uh, a uh, ritual uh, ceremony as the family wanted um, uh, to. Um, now the campaign supported also recent families' campaign, uh, what I mentioned before, "Bid or we want our uh, children to receive back their beloved frozen uh, bodies. Now the duration of the detention and freezing the bodies uh, varies. It can be days, it can be months, it can be uh, sometimes. Some of the bodies actually were held for more for more than a year, and the detention period depends mainly on the development and uh, and negotiations between the Israeli side and the Palestinian uh, families regarding the release uh, con- the release conditions. Coming back to bring him back, documentary, when I actually watched the the documentary, the first thing that came to my mind is Mashour al mother and other mothers who became politically and socially strong and active for um, what they called all sons of the nation. Uh, This collectivism that blurs gender hierarchies, religiosity, and social class differences is one of the powers of the families who collectively demanded having back the remains of their beloved. And Fanon actually, in his Dying Colonialism, discusses this uh, blurring of hierarchies, either gender, class, et cetera, when, um, when there is um, uh, in, in colonized zones. Um, Some sentences and statements in the documentary sound so familiar, actually, to be honest, and similar to the voices of families interviewed in the study. Um, if there is any interest, I will post later on a link to the study if anyone interested to read the entire piece of, piece of, uh, of, of the um, study. Now, for example, when a woman said, uh, when Afzal was hanged, I felt as if my son was once again hanged. Or when another woman said, our children, their children, we demand freedom. Or when the religious man said, this is our national issue. Or another woman said they killed many Makbouls, making Makboul a nation, a nation body, not of one family body, a collective symbol for freedom and the right to bring back all remains to their families. Now the collectivity was clear in the Palestinian case as well. One father, for example, said, when we released him from home, people took him. I explained to the martyrs' families, these are not your sons these are palestine's sons we took we took them uh, from the from their homes to the mosque there i gave the last look after that i don't know who took him who carried him israel attempted to fracture this collectivity by individual negotiations with families uh, but simultaneously many palestinian families resisted these pressures and conditions by by dealing with the dead body as a national body and palestine sons we could see that the families of frozen and detained bodies turned their personal pain into a national pain and refused personal negotiation addressing the release of all detained and frozen bodies they used to meet even to plan to agree or disagree in what they call the cemeteries uh, the, the martyrs sorry the martyrs uh, tent each time a Palestinian was killed by a military a soldiers, they opened a, condo, a condolence tent and families came to express their collective pain, empathy, sympathy with the family. Now, collectivity in the film also, when, when women gathered, uh, supported the mother and when they, alongside with men, went to protest. Similarly, in the Palestinian context, they all protested and still protesting against bodies detention. So you can see that men and women together, and as I mentioned before, when it comes to resistance, gender hierarchies kind of of blurred. The study explores roles played by women. In fact, women played a dominant role and created support group for the mothers of the dead. Actually, women's um, gathering in the film, it took me back to a photo of Palestinian mothers who gathered and discussed their beloved faith. Also mothers participated in the funerals and carried the coffins of their sons and daughters for the first time in the Palestinian society. Women expressed solidarity and the mother even expected solidarity from uh, the female uh, president in the documentary. Now, this hope of the mother that the president may have may have um, empathy to her feelings as a mother can be seen as, or can be perceived as, kind of a survival belief. Or similarly, it, ma- making empty graves can be perceived as survival tool to, to, uh, that Maqbool's mother and other families use uh, use it as uh, the place that connects them with their beloved uh, dead. Now, in the study and documentary, we could see how families' lives are transformed and become totally dedicated to demanding the remains. It's like each family has three life forces, before the death, during the detention, and after the release. Now, some interviewees in, in the study reported how their lives frozen, and they even felt cold in summer days. As a, reflection of, um, as, as a reflection of their feelings toward their beloved uh, frozen bodies. As for example, one wife I remember mentioned how, the continu- how she continuously felt cold um, throughout the whole period of her husband body detention in the, in the refrigerators. Another mother said, for example, I couldn't do anything. I was very sick. I was, it, I, it was winter and I was very uh, cold. I got the flu all the time. I felt like I was in the refrigerator. People told me this was the result of sadness. Three months, I had the flu. I felt cold and breathless, meaning that normal life was suspended until the courts were released and buried. Families described Uh, frozen lives in which fathers and mothers could not do, could not function and could not do anything other than negotiation, solidarity with other families and prayers for the return. Now withholding bodies make the killed Palestinian and Kashmiri exist more despite their death. Um, Their death become like only biological, but they continue to live socially and politically. Death becomes a matter of being for the dead and the family. They live, the families live through their beloved death, nonstop until they receive and bury the body. As the song in the film says, the the tyrants who buried his body in prison should know that he lives on in thoughts of his people. Now, another point is that the beginning of the film, we could at the beginning of the film, we could see one mother saying that some disappeared and they don't know what happened to them because some were forced to disappear. Some have vanished. Now, for Palestinians in the study, the fact that they did not see their son or daughter, uh, it created kind of hope that they might be alive but prisoned. Uh, Families express the need to see their beloved dead in order to be convinced and believe that they are really dead. Just to conclude, in uh, settler colonial uh, regimes, we can say that the body is resignified as a political body and becomes a space for restructuring the sovereign relationships between the colonizer and the colonized. And we can claim that as part of this re-signification, the colonizer authorizes the colonized death, making it. A undeserving of sorrow or grief. And necrocapitalism actually becomes not only the sovereignty over who deserves to die and who des- deserves to live, but also in Palestine, Kashmir, and other colonized contexts is to decide upon who deserves to be buried, who deserves to be mourned, and who deserves to grieve and to manage the, the, uh, the death of their uh, beloved. I will stop here, but we'll be happy to answer any, uh, any question.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Suhad, uh, for those insightful comments. Uh, so uh, now the way I think it will work out is to, to, out of honesty, this is the first time we do a Kashmir-Palestine conversation. We have the uh, producer of this film, Dr. Tala Akbat, who is with us together with Suhad. There we go on the screen. Uh, I, I, I came up with a bunch of questions, which I'd like to sort of share with both of you. Uh, and and then there's also some folks in the audience that we can also ask questions to uh, both as well as online. So uh, I think this dimension, this question of uh, firstly, I'd like to thank you Dr. Talak, for, for for this film as well as obviously Dr. Sahad for for your comments. Uh, I think there is a larger sense of uh, uh, ignorance in the broader uh, let's say Western, Sphere as well as academic, as well around this topic. And and Dr. Suhad pointed to that. Can you, uh, Dr. Talat, give us a a little bit more insight as to uh, why uh, the the Indian authorities refuse to return the bodies of some who are killed versus others? Is there any, can you, and I'll, I'll follow the same question to Dr. Suhad afterwards. So, what are your comments on the criteria that are being used for? for return versus no return.
2: Okay, just want so to clarify, I'm not a doctor. I wish to be a doctor and I will be one day, not yet. <laughs> I'm a documentary filmmaker uh, and uh, activist. Anyway, why they are not giving Mahmood but uh, remains back because he is an ideologue, and who started the independent Kashmir movement. And um, he traveled from Indian side to Pakistani side, he started campaign in Pakistani side, then he went back to Indian side. Then he was labeled as an Indian Pakistani agent. And when he uh, came back to Pakistani side, he was blamed as an Indian agent. So that's a blame game. But at the same time, the, uh, the National Independent Kashmir Movement is, uh, he's a, the pioneer and analog. That's why they don't want to give back his domain back. So any, uh, because ideologies are very important I mean, uh, when you're uh, struggling for independence, Kashmir is a multi-ethnic, multi-religious, multi-linguistic—I mean—state. Uh, um, so that's not a, just uh, one dimension we have to see. In this documentary i will explain. I mean, which dimension I put in actually to more showed the secular, uh, because there was a non-Muslims and Muslims, and that's like a, it's a sufi tradition based on uh the societies and she's practicing that that kind of rituals so and why okay i'm come back to the india it's very simple because uh, he, he he's analog because in india i mean if you look on a Chegwera or this uh, bhagat singh who was you know hanged in 1931 in india by the british india they buried i mean they just burned his body same as cheguera and makud was inspired by the cheguera and we call it the Chegware of Kishmiriya.
0: Uh, th- thank you for that. Uh, 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 but can we expand beyond Maqbool But D- Do you have statistics at all on the number of bodies that are willing to, uh, that have not been returned yet? Uh, and what the political criteria of those who have been killed versus- uh,
2: We have 20,000 plus people that are disappeared uh, since 90, so we don't know. I mean, they crossed borders. They killed on borders because the people, actually, the young generation in mean, 90s, uh, my generation actually uh, in teenagers to early 20s, they they came to Pakistani side to me. It was like just uh, lured by the Pakistanis and Islamic fundamentalists to train them and then b- bring them, send them back. But anyway, in that whole since 90, 20 to 25 thousand people are missing, disappeared. And we have around five to 6,000 unmarked graves. Uh, the, mostly they're militants, uh, local, or uh, foreigners. basically. They, I mean, uh, the people who came on the name of jihad from different other countries, uh, mostly Pakistanis and Afghanis. So we have like around 6,000 unmarked graves. There's the only numbers. And the, so that's the statistics. Thank and you, Talat. And Continue. also, there of thousand. I mean, you're talking about 20,000, 30,000 people are in the jail in, uh, in different parts of India, and they all are different level of political activities, not just the militants. Militants, they just shoot them. So there's any, uh, any political activity is, is, is uh, you know, it's forbidden right now, since after the, you know, fall of August, 2019, when they took so-called even our autonomous so after that, it's totally impossible to do anything, any political practice. Even the pro-Indian leadership—I mean, the a member of parliament, private, the chief minister—was putting under house arrest for six months. There was no internet. I mean, that's the situation. It's a full-scale occupation.
0: Thank you, Talat. Uh, Doctor Nashif, Dahar Nashif, can you give your own insights as to the, the political criteria or what's the part of the logic? What are, they go, what are they doing here?
1: Yeah, to, to my knowledge, at least, and maybe I'm missing some information, but at least um, up until the study was uh, done, there were kind of conditions to um, to release uh, the bodies, and these conditions included uh, the time when uh, to bury the body or uh, who is allowed to be to present uh, during the burial or. Uh, a, a, to take photos, or um, th- there were uh, some restrictions and conditions that imposed on families if they want to uh, take back the um, uh, the bodies. Now I'm talking here about the uh, bodies that were uh, with uh, withheld and uh, uh, frozen in the refrigerators. Um, That these restrictions were even harder when we talk about the the bodies of the uh, Jerusalemite people, because Jerusalem as a sacred space for the Israelis, like they cannot allow a, a public uh burials and rituals. While for example, you can see in al Khalil, uh, Hebron, you can see more uh, big burials and a, 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 fam- a, a thousands of people came to the uh, to the burial ceremonies and to express their pain and empathy w- with the families. While in Jerusalem, for example, it was much more restricted. And I think uh, many of the Jerusalemite families uh, could tell about how much uh, a time it took them a, to negotiate uh, gaining back the bodies of their beloved which take would took sometimes months and more than a year um, making it, it it depends on which context we are talking about so for israel for example since jerusalem is like it's an israel sovereign space they cannot allow while in in khalil uh, or in the west in any area in the west bank it was easier for the families to 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 break the negotiations and to lead the negotiations and to make kind of pressure now going back to the uh, remains that were um uh, buried in the uh, um, uh, secret uh, uh, symmetries of numbers it, it depends on negotiations between the political powers more than negotiations with uh, families so i to, 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 to my at least i remember that there was um, a release in 2012 2014 and it was Based on um, negotiations between political powers, more than negotiations in the, with individual or with, with families only, L- like the uh, the, the um, let's say the detention uh, of uh, of the bodies in two thousand fifteen and until today.
0: Okay, very interesting. Thank you. I'm I'm kind of curious uh, to what extent the. This phenomenon of non-returnal of, 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 of bodies it must have also generated a, a legal paper trail around it, with families appealing. What are we? What? How is the state or the occupying army or, or state? I'm, I'm not sure which entity is actually answering all the time. Uh, what? What is? What are they saying? And and what are they using in their excuses? We'll start with Talat. Please.
2: Well. It's very simple, I mean, uh, what, how they are using this, because there are Islamic fundamentalists, I mean, sponsored by Pakistan, not any longer, but in historically since 90s, because it started by the secular movement, then it's Islamization by Pakistan. And that's like the Hindu or like Indian narrative came in that way. We are killing the, actually, the uh, Islamic fundamentalists. And that is the one of the reasons. I mean, uh, the whole world is not saying anything because it's uh, so. So that is an you know round, 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 round. I mean, they're killing the local people and the foreigners. Oh yeah, Islamists, but they are Islamists. I mean, who want to uh, to to work or for uh, access into Pakistan or Islamic State? But it's not. They're not so many. So India is the Hindu majority. And now, what we see in last 10 years, is the rise of Hindu fundamentalism in India. And they are actually justifying the killings. I mean, they are Islamic, I mean, they are fundam- I mean, they are Kashmiris, and they are like uh, Muslims, and we can kill them because they are sponsored by Pakistan. So that is one of the reasons. And I uh, just want to say, when we have the bodies of the militants who were killed, even if whatever, whoever, so there's, uh, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people come for the for the funerals. Even the Kashmir is the highly, most highly, you know, it's like a, a militarized zone in the world. Seven hundred thousand Indian army. The country is almost every day, second day or something. I mean, in that situation, uh, when they kill the, uh, any militants, innocent or whatever circumstances, a, you're talking about hundreds of, of people coming out for the funerals. So that became a symbol. That became a resistance, and and actually, each female, there there's more people are actually getting killed by the army bullets. So that's uh, yeah.
0: Uh, thank you, Salat. Uh, so, had uh, the legal paper trail of this phenomenon? How does the state defend itself in these actions?
1: Yeah, actually, in the Israeli context, let's say let's let's say that the international law say it clearly that it's against the human rights to do what they do. And even the Israeli Supreme Court say clearly that, um, um, or stated clearly the importance of respecting the uh, killed or the dead body of what they call the enemy or uh, the, the, what they mean the Palestinian, of course. Now, but uh, but the, the Israeli policy is always like to freeze the law by the law. Which means, like, uh, they make, uh, they, they they, um, they, they create a law that allow. Allowing them to do that under the claim of um, a maintaining security, especially if we talk about Jerusalem, for example, you know, for the security of the space, security of the people, we cannot allow, uh, you know, these big protests and the burials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I think um, uh, they, what what they do is like uh, freezing the law and creating another law or a different law. So it's like they, they, um, they're breaking the law by the law. <laughs>
0: Very interesting. Thank you. Uh, I would like That's to encourage.
2: Bad, everybody. Actually, that, uh, uh, go ahead, like Talat. Uh, yes, the process. I mean, that happened only with Makbul, but in 1984 and A- Afsal Guru in 2016. So that is uh, the only uh, legal, legally actually uh, challenge. But no, I mean, nothing happened basically. And they, they was when they hang them, they buried in the jail. So that is uh, very unique in that situation. And rest people are arrested when they get killed. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, in the fighting. But these people, I mean, these two people, what uh, we mentioned in this film, Mahul Bhatt and Hatsanguru, they were actually hanged by the court of India. And they buried in the jail. So that's uh, the, no, we tried by all means to have any court uh, hearings, or anything There's nobody wanted to entertain. Because that is uh, like the enemy of the, whole India. That's how they
0: structure I'm I'm sure, but what so the state doesn't respond or says you can't have it because he's an enemy of the state and yeah. live. Nothing happened, yeah. There's no good. petition taken on this. Thank you for everybody, particularly to our speakers, the director Dr. Tal Akbat and Dr. Sahad uh, Lahar nashif